The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with Shannon Green. Shannon is Executive Chairman of Pathfinder Resources, which trades under the code PF1. It last traded at 20 cents for a market cap of about 11.6 million. Now it's a new name on the ASX, it's the stock only debuted in late October. Uh, formerly known as Winmar Resources, Pathfinder is refocused and recapitalised with the metal riches of South America as its prime focus. Pathfinder raised $6 million uh, in that process to fund the South American push. The shares were issued at $0.20 cents a share and it still has a nice and tight issued share base of only 57.9 million shares. It's just how we like them as it means there's lots of upside to exploration success. Pathfinder's flagship project is the wonderfully named King Tut project in northwest Argentina at low altitude. It has a King Tut that is has a sporadic history as a high-grade gold and cobalt producer dating back to the 1950s. Copper and nickel are also metals that Pathfinders will have a look at as the uh, years roll by. Now, Pathfinder also continues to hold a 340 million ton iron ore resource in the Pilbara, if you don't mind. I will get Shannon to bring us up to speed on that project a little bit later. But first, I will welcome Shannon to the podcast. Hi, Shannon, and thanks for your time today. Morning, Barry. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great. Now, Shannon, uh, it'd be great if you could uh, fill us in a bit uh, a bit about yourself, a bit of your background, and specifically, I guess, what sort of skills you bring uh, to Pathfinder to uh, make it a successful explorer and hopefully one day a uh, developer. Yeah, sure. Look, I was, I was appointed uh, as executive chairman of um, of Winmar, um, now Pathfinder, back in uh, March um, to see if we couldn't, uh, you know, reconstruct the, the company. I guess uh, prior to that, I was, uh, uh, and during that period up until June, I was the managing director of Lindian Resources, an African focused bauxite gold uh, uh, junior. And, uh, you know, Previously to that, I've sort of been in and out of, uh, of Africa predominantly over the last decade on some pretty major projects uh, throughout Western Central Africa. So I'm not shy of uh, going into some of these more challenging jurisdictions um, in, a, in a mix of sort of corporate and, and project lead uh, roles. Uh, consolidated behind that is sort of 20 years of uh, mine operations, mine management and mine building experience. I've constructed a couple of been on teams that have constructed some of Australia's larger iron ore operations here in the Pilbara and uh, out in the Yilgarn um, mm-hmm. for, for majors like Rio Tinto, uh, Mineral Resources, um, and uh, sort of about a decade uh, in and around the gold fields in sort of more junior to senior engineering project management roles with, um, with uh, Western Mining, uh, gold fields, and companies like that. So a very sort of broad experience. Good footing in mine operations uh, experience from junior to senior roles, and uh, you know, sort of uh, fairly large number of years of uh, more corporate experience, deals, fundraising, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So yeah, good, a good mix of skills. 
Yeah, covered all bases there. Um, and a bit of WMC history there. I'd love a dollar for every time someone says they've uh, had some experience at WMC. It's great uh, training ground, wasn't it? Oh, look, it was. You know, WMC, uh, you know, I think uh, as you've just touched on, uh, you know, a lot of senior people in the in the resource industry, um, you know, did spend some some good time at Western Mining, and Western Mining was one of those companies that, uh, you know, certainly gave uh, people the opportunity to um, to really build their careers and grow their experience base um, from different commodities, different sites, and, and different levels of roles. And um, you know, if you uh, certainly showed um, initiative. You certainly had opportunities. It was, it was a really good company from that perspective. Yeah. I mentioned that initially, at least, King Tut in Argentina is the focus. Uh, Argentina, not well known by uh, a lot of ASX mining investors, yet it, it's obviously home to some of the biggest mines on the planet, so particularly if you look across the border there in Chile. Uh, investors here might know E2 Metals, $94 million company, and Challenger Exploration, $145 million company. Both gold explorers listed on the ASX that have Argentina as also as their focus. But if I can get from you, what's the attraction for Pathfinder about Argentina? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, when we were looking at that, uh, E2 Metals uh, and, and Challenger had only just sort of really started to uh, to come on the radar. Um, we really looked at Argentina. Obviously, we looked at the project uh, first. And, uh, you know, when our independent expert geologist, Mark Gifford, ran the ruler over it, from a geological perspective, mm-hmm. you know, he, he showed quite a bit of interest and suggested we, we take a, a really good look at it. But then we really started to look at, at Argentina and across the border at Chile. And I guess what, you know, what we come to realize is that they share very, very similar geology. Um, Chile's been far more explored, um, and exploited than Argentina has. So we saw a real opportunity, um, you know, to come into, uh, to Argentina at an earlier, Point in time, uh, you know, all of the feedback we were getting is that the uh, the government and the, and the ministries and so forth of Argentina are very keen to uh, really see their their fledgling uh, mining industry uh, develop, and uh, you know, so we really saw that that ground floor opportunity to come in, and of course, E2 Metals and Challenger have uh, had some fantastic success, and and we we're uh, really hoping to uh, follow in on that and and really um, emulate that success moving forward as well. Mm. I understand uh, a while back uh, the WA government signed a MOU a cooperation agreement with Argentina on the, the mining sector. What can you tell us about that and what it might potentially mean for Aussie explorers in the country? Look, I think, you know, first and foremost, it shows, you know, uh, that, you know, Argentina has obviously looked around the world and, and seen WA as being, a you know, it's a global, let's be honest, it's a global gold standard for, for mm. mining. And, um, you know, if you're going to uh, learn from, tap into, uh, uh, and and get assistance from, then really you'd be hard pressed to find a better place on earth to go and do that than than Western Australia. So I think that just shows, you know, how sensible um, Argentina is and how real their, uh, you know, they are about wanting to grow and develop their their mining industry. And you know, they've come to you know the global gold standard. So. For us, we just see nothing but opportunity as a consequence of that and, and hope to be more and more part of that moving forward. Mm. Apart from the Aussies there, are the Canadians there exploring? Look, they are, yeah. Look, there's, you know, there's always, you know, yeah, anywhere across the world where you'll find uh, Aussies, you'll, you'll generally find mm-hmm. Canadians. 
There's definitely uh, Canadian's here. You've got Barrick in there operating a fairly large-scale gold operation not too far from King Tut. Um, so, yeah, look, we've got some, some really good neighbours um, that, uh, you know, that are in, the, in our district. And if you look at the, the regional geology, you know, it's very, very exciting. Yeah. So I mentioned uh, King Tut. Uh, I guess now's a good point to actually give us a, a bit of a feel for just what you've got there and perhaps a bit of the history and where to from here in terms of uh, exploration. Yeah, look, I mean, a couple of things that really sort of caught our eye and attracted us in our in our early due diligence was that, one, it's, a, it's an area that's been previously had some historic, um, you know, smaller scale mining done in the 50s and the 80s. So you had something real and tangible in terms of, you know, being able to, to look at the, the, the mm. geology and the, and the mineralogy. Um, you know, so we thought, well, that's something that's really exciting. The due diligence work that was that was followed up on um, prior to to us uh, doing our due diligence took some samples that uh, from different areas that really indicated quite good reconciliation against the recorded uh, grades. And then, of course, when you look at the you know the historical recordings of the grades and the recordings of the grades from that due diligence work, they're very high grade. So that was that was quite attractive to us. What we've what we've also seen is we've also seen quite a bit of geological uh, indications that the King Tut geology could well be substantially larger than what has been seen so far. Yeah, we're talking about an area that's had no modern geology work done, had no modern drilling work done. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, so for all intents and purposes, open in, in every direction. Um, open at depth. What we did see with the, the couple of levels that were mined is the grade was, was increasing um, with each of those three levels. Um, so that offers real promise that, that the grade is, is increasing with depth based on the indications of what we've seen so far. What we were also able to do as part of this and uh, the, the vendor group uh, was able to secure quite a significant land package around King Tut. Um, so we've picked up close to 3,000 hectares um, as, as the total package now to enable for greater exploration work, a long strike of King Tut and uh, mm. to really see you know, how large is this system. Mm. Which begs the question, I guess, how, what's your exploration approach first up? Yeah, look, I mean, and, and that's obviously part of it is to... Um, really start to get an understanding, uh, really zero in on the, the King Tut area itself and start to properly understand that, um, but also look further afield about its its potential for, for strike extension and how much of that extension and so forth. So a very two-pronged uh, approach to that to that exploration, very, very near field and, and what that may bring, um, particularly in depth, um, versus then the as we move out into the into the further exploration ground, um, what we start to see. So, uh, you know, we'll be getting going straight away on on looking at, at both of those in parallel. Mm. Now, given the, the production history, um, but in a, a an extremely lightly explored uh, well project, I'm just wondering, the, are you? racing to get it into production or are you going to take a step back and just firstly see what sort of scale you've got before trying to zero in on some sort of production profile potentially? 
Yeah, look, our, our primary game plan is to try and properly understand the system um, and how mm-hmm. large is it, I, what scale can this be before we think about how we may uh, extract um, you know, the golden and cobalt. So let's understand the system properly um, and see how large or otherwise that, that system is. Then from there, obviously, then the following studies will enable us to understand how best to um, you know, bring that into production. Mm-hmm. Excuse my ignorance on this. Uh, copper and cobalt, I, I see plenty of examples of, but uh, gold and cobalt, it's a new one for me pretty much. I was just, is that unusual in the scheme of things, that combination? Look, it, it is, and particularly of these grades. You know, you're seeing mm. you know, really, really high gold recordings and, and very high cobalt recordings. Um, that's even more unusual, and particularly cobalt above 1%. Yeah. Um, which is extraordinarily high grade in, in you know any project anywhere. So for the two of those to be associated together, um, and if you look to the to the regional geology, there's some clues in the regional geology about what might be going on there, and our initial work programs on the ground will be really looking to those regional clues to uh, to see exactly what that means to this project and what that may be associated with. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mentioned it was at relatively low altitude. What's the importance of that and what's infrastructure in that area like? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the importance of that is that, you know, it's not at, you know, levels where you need oxygen and things like that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, 2,000 metres is, you know, it, you know, it's not low altitude, but it's certainly not, you know, anything that would really cause any major impacts to our ability to operate on the ground, our ability to have people on the ground. Uh, access via, you know, basically what's noted as, as all-weather roads, um, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, our appreciation of the of the regional infrastructure and so forth is that, you know, there's there's mines operating in the region and so forth and, and you can operate. Um, the terrain, you know, it's, it's steep, but it's not, you know, it's not ridiculous steep. And we're certainly engaging with drilling companies now that uh, have drilling equipment that will be, suitable to be drilling in that train without having to do enormous amounts of earthworks and so forth. Um, you know, so there's sort of track-mounted drills and those types of things that, uh, you know, are adept at uh, dealing with um, the train of the, of the region. And if you look at the region and you look at the region of Chile and even Peru, um, you know, much higher altitudes, much steeper terrain, and you've got some of the world's largest, you know, operations running. So... We don't really see that as, as any impediment um, to to the possibilities for this project moving forward. Mm, okay. And I mentioned, obviously, King Tut's the flagship, but uh, you've got your eyes on some other projects in that part of the world? Look, we've, we certainly, you know, if you look at our, our strategic plan and our business plan, um, you know, we had we already had the Hammersley Iron Ore uh, project in our, in our stable. The project had been under uh, um, forfeiture application. We very, very recently uh, have settled that application and now have that back in our stable completely. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really looking now at how we um, fully monetize that asset um, in terms of whether that's full divestment, part divestment, joint ventures. There's all sorts of different options that we will be looking at uh, to to give the best return we possibly can to our shareholders for that asset. So that's one part of our business plan. Um, you know, the, the primary part of our business plan is, a, is our newly acquired King Tut project and really 
getting on the ground and, and, and getting going, driving, you know, initial geological works as soon as possible. That's our, that's our primary game plan. Um, our third, our third part of our, of our strategic business plan is M&A. Um, so we'll be looking very, very closely at projects. A focus on gold, but we, you know, we're also very excited with, with copper and nickel. Um, so we'll certainly look at those because we think they definitely make sense within our business, and particularly in the context of, of having cobalt in our, in our stable as well. Um, and in terms of region, I guess probably an America's focus um, and, a, and a South America focus, but, you know, we, we're open to looking at other jurisdictions without doubt. But, you know, we're trying to, uh, you know, not be everything to every project across the world and have a scattering. We don't want to be like that. We want to, you know, make sure that what we have in our portfolio makes sense and we're building value for our shareholders. We do want to get ourselves closer and closer to operating assets so that we start to control some of our revenue moving forward. So that's certainly front and centre in our business plan as well. Mm. So you mentioned M&A there, so that's at the project level. I imagine the Americas, um, a lot more opportunities for a company of your size compared to uh, WA, which is getting a bit crowded. Oh, look, there's no doubt WA is getting crowded and you know, that's driving up costs of, of acquisitions and, and deals um, significantly. Um, so, yeah, no, look, absolutely, we see uh, a, a lot of opportunity through that region, um, you know, and particularly in, you know, the, the mainstay, gold, copper and nickel. But, they, you know, those markets are all very exciting markets, um, but, but they're busy markets globally as well. You know, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of companies with similar aspirations of, as, as ourselves. We're very lucky. We're a very net, well-networked company. Um, and, you know, therefore we, we do get to, uh, you know, look at a lot of projects. Um, I think, you know, to, before we, uh, settled on, on King Tut, uh, and going through that deal, we did due diligence on about 50 projects, uh, globally. So mm-hmm. we're quite well networked and, and we do get to see a lot of projects. Yeah. And obviously the company's uh, current scale, uh, not an impediment if the right project uh, is brought forward, market uh, tends to, we've seen plenty of examples where, Companies have made uh, uh, project acquisitions that end up multiples of their market cap, but if the market likes the deal, the funding's there. You know, oh, absolutely. Things. And that, that's definitely, you know, you can absolutely say that about us. Uh, you, you know, as a, as a small group um, with a very, very broad uh, network, um, you know, money will always be there for the right acquisitions and the right deals. And, um, you know, that's the name of the game, find the right asset and get the right deal structure. And, and you know, the money will be, will be there. Mm. Uh, you mentioned the particularly high grades at, uh, of cobalt and gold at um, King Tut, but I was interested in the cobalt because I've seen a few ASX companies pull away from uh, cobalt, you know, because they had that fantastic rise up to, what, uh, 90,000 and back to you know, uh, mid-20s and I think it's uh, back above 30,000 now. But obviously King Tuck comes with cobalt, but is, is it fair to say that cobalt projects, other cobalt projects may be of interest to the company? Do you, is there a particular interest in cobalt? Look, I mean, you never say never to anything, Barry. So, you mm-hmm. know, you always try and keep, you know, we always operate while we have a business plan which keeps us targeted. you always got to keep an open mind um, to these things. 
So, you know, we would look, but it's certainly not our primary game plan. And, yeah. uh, you know, if we look at the at King Tut and the deal metrics of King Tut, from the beginning, we were very clear in our in our negotiation process that, you know, the company wasn't chasing the cobalt and therefore didn't want to pay, um, you know, as part of the acquisition work. You know, it, we saw it as a primarily a gold project mm-hmm. and that was how we structured the deal. The fact that it comes with a, a very high-grade cobalt that would be in the concentrate stream is a fantastic bonus for shareholders, but it's not the primary gain. Yeah, the primary sure. gain is the gold. Um, but that's not to say... You know, that moving forward, um, that things don't change. We've always got to keep an open mind and make sure you're moving with the markets. What we're not going to do is try and play hopscotch on a daily basis about what looks like the exciting toy today. Um, we've got a, we've got a good solid game plan and we're going to execute it. Mm, okay. Now, finally, uh, just bring it all together, I guess. If you could just uh, give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for, say, over the the next six months or so? Yeah, look, I mean, in terms of King Tut, um, you know, there'll be a lot of exciting news flow starting to come to market and, you know, starting, you know, very, very soon in the in the coming weeks about the geology of King Tut and what our early works programs look like, what our timetable and timeline to drilling looks like, what our timeline to our initial inaugural jork resource looks like. So all of that exciting news flow is going to start coming into the market in coming weeks. We put out our uh, first initial corporate presentation deck literally today, so we launched that today just to give shareholders a good flavour of where things are at right now and a good base for us to to start to really build on. Um, We'll be looking, you know, hopefully there'll be some exciting news flow about uh, how we're going to monetise the Hammersley Iron Ore project and, of course, there will absolutely be news flow about, uh, you know, where we're at in our M&A process type of due diligence being conducted and you know where where that where we see that that heading mm. um, 115 120 dollar a ton iron ore makes that monetization effort at uh, with the iron ore project uh, more interesting there than it look would it be does, if, though, mm. yeah look it's an exciting it's an exciting iron ore market at the moment there's no no two ways about that um so yeah look we're we're really going to uh you know look to uh, really try and, um, you know, get a really good deal for our shareholders on on how we take that forward. Fantastic. All righty, Shannon, uh, you've given us a good rundown there on what's essentially a, a new company. Uh, lots to watch out uh, for investors there, King Tut and monetization of the iron ore asset or some such uh, deal to uh, just highlight the underlying value of that asset within the, the broader scheme of things. So, with that, I'm going to say thanks for your time today and all the best for the future. Look, thanks, Barry. It was fantastic to be here and thank you for the opportunity. And, yeah, look, just uh, ask people to put us on your radar and, and watch. There's going to be a lot of exciting news flow uh, coming, you know, coming into the market. Fantastic. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate it.